Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. you watching that video because we've got a ways to go for this series. Uh, but maybe think about it like this. Sometimes it takes a while for us to see something and see something and think about something and talk about something before we ever really get hold of it, you know? And with such a deficit we have with loyalty in our culture, we need to be reminded constantly how loyal we ought to be to Jesus and other people. And that's the whole purpose of this series, because we've got a, a huge deficit in, in, in our culture when it comes to loyalty, whether it be marriage or friends or jobs or, or church or about whatever arena you want to talk about. Everybody's so interested in pushing their own agenda and what they want that it seems like loyalty and common decency has gone out the window. Have you picked up on that any lately by watching the news? <laughs> You know, and the Kavanaugh proceedings and stuff like that, and uh, and all. What, what in the world's gone with common decency and you know people being friendly and and, and people being loyal in in our culture? That being said, we're going to slow down the series that we're in a little bit because originally when I laid the series out, I was going to preach a sermon that would have fallen on today that would have dealt with loyalty in relationships. Uh, so we were going to talk about uh, how we need to be loyal in, in that way or in partnerships, the partnerships. Problem with that is the more I looked at it, I thought there's no way I can do that in one Sunday. <laughs> so we're going to do about four parts on this topic of partnerships or relationships because we need to have loyalty in the partnerships that we have with others. Today we're going to start out by talking about loyalty among friends and, and how we all uh, want friends. That means we have to be loyal friends too. Next week, we'll talk about loyalty and marriage. The week after that, loyalty and employment. And then the week after that, loyalty and in church or through through the church. So we're going to kind of slow down the series and, and camp out a little bit in, in that area. I think all of us probably would say this. We want to have friends. Am I right? And I think all of us would say we want to have loyal friends. Am I right there also? Let me go a little bit further than that. Not only do we want to have loyal friends, I think if we be honest, we expect our friends to be loyal, don't we? That's an expectation that we have upon them. And many times the problem with that is we've got the expectation upon them. When you flip the coin over, we need to also have that expectation upon ourselves. Because if if we want loyal friends, we also need to be a loyal friend. And and yet in our culture, it seems like more and more people are not loyal. We just assume maybe that they are. As we get through this message today, really reflect upon that and ask yourself, are, are the friends of my life, are they really loyal friends? 
Am I really a loyal friend to others? Or or maybe I'm just a a fair-weather friend. In other words, as long as everything's going good in your life, I'll hang out with you. But when things go bad, don't expect me to hang out with you because that's going to be a little bit trying on my nature and I might get my hands a little bit dirty and, you know, I just don't know if I want to hang out with you when you're in a downtime. But see, that's not a loyal friend. A loyal friend is loyal more than just when you can get something you want out of it. Someone that's really loyal will be loyal to you beyond just their own personal benefit to where they understand because they really love you, they want to be a true loyal friend. And and we need to recognize we need to be that for others. We're going to be hanging out in... In uh, one verse today, uh, I'll read some other verses to kind of apply to it. But uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. And I want to start out by reading it in, in a couple of uh, uh, different translations. So if you would stand with me in honor of God's word as we, uh, as we read. Proverbs eighteen twenty four, The English Standard Version puts it like this. A, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Now, if you're looking at the King James, it more or less says kind of what I said a moment ago. You know, if you want to have friends, you got to be a friend. It's kind of the point of it. But uh, we'll do some more studies on this in a minute, and you'll understand why it says, here a man of many companions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Another translation puts it like this. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I want us today to look at this verse about loyal friendship in both a practical and a spiritual way. But before we do that, let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come together, to fellowship together, to be friendly together, to hang out together this morning. Father, that we can come together with a commonality because of our, our faith in Christ, those of us that know him. Father, I pray if there's anyone here that does not know Christ as their Savior, that you speak to their heart and, and you would draw them to yourself. Father, help us to honestly evaluate our lives this morning as we invite your Holy Spirit to search us and, and awake our consciousness. Father, help us to evaluate if we really have the friends in our lives that you would desire for us to have. Do, do we really, really have loyal friends? And Father, help us to evaluate our own actions and our own attitudes and, and, and be confronted with the with thought of whether or not we ourselves are loyal to others, especially to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As I said right before the prayer, I want us to look at, at this verse about loyalty and friendship from a practical standpoint, also a spiritual standpoint. So to begin with this morning, let's consider loyalty among friends in a practical application. And, and like a, a face-to-face, you know, flesh and bone type application as, as a how we relate to other people in, in relationships and how they relate to us. The text, once again, said a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than, than a brother. 
And that'll be really, really important as we get through the message near the end of it. There are friends who destroy each other. God forbid. But think about that. There, you, you can actually be in a friendship that is mutually destructive. And, and instead of gaining any type of, type of benefit from that relationship, a real friend sticks, close, sticks closer than a brother. Let, let's ask ourselves two main questions as we think about this verse from a practical application. How loyal we are in our friendships from a practical application. Here's the first question. And you may not like the way you have to answer these. Are are the friends I think I have actually loyal to me? I mean, you you may have a lot of people you think of as your friends. He said a man of many companions may come to ruin. There are friends who destroy each other. Let's focus in on the phrases that was used there in the original Hebrew just for a moment. Many companions. It's talking about many associates that are more or less close to you. Many companions, many many friends. Even the word can even be translated brother. The root word that it's built upon means to, to tend a flock. So it gives us the picture of a shepherd taking care of a flock take any sheep to a place that they can rest or, or that they can graze. But the word also in the Hebrew, depending on how it's used, can have this meaning, to, to rule, to devour, to eat up, or even entreat someone to evil. And then it said, may come to ruin or destroy e- each other. The word means to spoil. Think about that. There's someone that's got many companions. And if they're the wrong kind of companions, and we'll hone in on that in a few minutes, but they may actually spoil each other or break each other into pieces. It may be a relationship that's good for nothing, that's bad either physically, socially, or morally, that afflicts or brings about displeasure or causes evil in your life or even vexes you. So so based upon those definitions, let's consider some questions based upon those definitions. Are my friends really loyal to me? I mean, ask yourself that. Are your friends really, truly loyal to you? Do do they have your best interest at heart? In other words, are your friends like a shepherd that wants to tend for you, that wants to take care of you, that wants to be sure they take you to a place of rest in your life, a place of spiritual food in your life, a place of protection in your life? Do you have friends that are really, really concerned about your benefit? They're concerned about what's best for you. Or are my friends just interested in ruling over me? Or are my friends really seeking to devour my life and to eat me up? Or do my friends wish what's evil for me secretly inside their own mind and in their own heart? Do, do my friends wish to spoil my future? Do my many companions desire to break my life in, in pieces? Do, do they or will my relationship to them uh, be good for nothing? Do my friends desire to bring evil upon me? Do, do, the circles that I walk in, is, is it vexing me to, to, to live and operate in those, in those circles? Or maybe even flip the coin again to where we think about our own fault in this. Is my focus upon many 
companions, diversifying me in such a way to bring about ruin in my life. See, a lot of times we think, well, I want all the friends I can have. I want to have friends all over the place. And man, especially today in our culture, we've got all the social media and the Facebook and everything else. And, and we're about building that number and building how many friends we have. But do you ever stop and ask yourself, are those friends really for you? Or is, has your interest in, in, in diversifying yourself by having all these friends, more and more friends, is that setting you up in a way that's going to be negative in your life? Because as you have more and more and more people that you invite into your life, maybe you've diversified yourself in such a way that it's going to cause some negative things to happen in your life. I want you to watch and listen to a video clip for a minute. It is in the style of rap. So, no, I do not go around listening to rap. That is not my favorite form of music. But Ryan Davis, one of our church members, sent me this video a couple weeks ago, and it seemed to fit really good right here. So please try and listen to it. All you had to offer was friendship. Like who would still be around? Real situations expose fake people, so sometimes it takes getting down on life to find who's really down. You see, people pretend well when their souls are for sale. And sometimes it's the ones you love the most that mostly want to see you fail. That's real. Just because they riding with you doesn't mean they riding for you. That's facts. You see, loyalty shouldn't depend on your presence. It's more about how they act behind your back. Who can you trust? I mean, some of us are fighting for people that wouldn't throw a punch for us, and yet, these are the ones we call friends. You know, the ones that care so much about your struggle, but yet so silent when you win. The ones that bring gossip to you about you, but your name, they never defend. Understand, everybody in your boat might not be rowing, but drilling holes. And as time goes and that jealousy grows, pay attention. Because that's when true motives get exposed. Everybody in your circle might not be in your corner. Support doesn't always come from familiar faces. So don't be surprised if God places strangers in your life to take you to higher places. Don't be surprised if your growth makes your circle small. But you got two choices. Let it break you or let it make you. Make your dream even larger. Make your vision see farther. There's more to your path than where you're currently at. And I think life will teach you this. Sometimes the best way to add to your life is not to add to it, but to subtract. Understand, it's not about the size of your circle. It's about the loyalty that's in it. You see, nothing can stop a squad that's dedicated to fighting for the same mission, focused on the same vision. Does your circle got that type of commitment? Are they happy for you when you win it? Or is it the more you do better, the more their love gets distant? The more their support goes missing? Listen, real friends don't hate on each other. What they do is they push each other to go get it. In your life, do you got those type of friendships? Because mindsets are very contagious. And I promise you this, whoever you consistently surround your life around will surely persuade it. Wake up, everybody's prayers for you ain't to make it. So do they really got love for you? Or do they just fake it? Do they really got love for you? Or do they just love to use you? To some, you're just an opportunity, yeah. That's how these fake friends will do you. They present what you want, just to take what they need. And when they can no longer benefit from your life, well, that's when their loyalty leaves. So I'm going to ask you this question again. 
If all you had to offer was friendship, who would you still be able to call your friend? Tag him to this video. Let him know you appreciate him. It's rehab time. Let's get it. There's probably more truth in that short video than what we feel comfortable exploring fully. You've experienced it before in your life where you'll have someone that will eat you up to your face and eat you down behind your back. And it's not all about, as he said, the size of your circle. It's about who's really faithful. He said everybody that's riding with you is not really for you. And we need to evaluate that because that can have a, a very negative effect upon our lives, even spiritually, as we'll get there in a minute and talk about the spiritual application of, of this passage of Scripture. I don't, I don't love the truth in it, but I love the way he put the statement that everybody in your boat's not rowing. Some of them's drilling holes. And, and you may have some people in your life that, that you have assumed that they're friends, but are they really loyal friends? And maybe to your face, it looks like they're helping row your boat. But when you're not looking, they're drilling holes in the boat and your boat is going down and you can't even figure out why it's going down. And it can be because of the negative influence of those friends in your life. It's better to have a true friend. One who loves. That's what the word friend really means in this particular passage. One who loves. It's better to have a true friend, one who loves, than many less reliable companions. Someone you know you can trust. You know they're on your side. You know they've got your back. You know they're looking out for your best. Than just having a large number of people that you can't really rely upon. Second question that you may not like to answer this morning is this. As we're thinking about the practical application of, of this verse before us in Proverbs 18.24. Not only are the friends that I think I have, are they actually loyal to me? Flip the coin over again. Do the friends in my life have a truly loyal friend in me? It's one thing to evaluate the friends that you have, but evaluate the friendship that you offer. Evaluate if you're really being a loyal friend to someone else. Because it said a real friend sticks closer than a brother. The other translation said over there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So that ought to cause us to have some inward, directed, reflective questions that we ask ourselves. We, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of friend am I? We, we need to ask ourselves, am I a truly loyal friend? We need to ask ourselves, am I a real loyal friend or do I have other motives? We need to ask ourselves, am I just one of those many companions that will bring about ruin in another person's life? We need to ask ourselves, if I'm in relationships that are mutually beneficial or am I in relationships that are mutually destructive and the fact that I'm in that relationship is, is making my life worse? Or am I a real friend that sticks closer than a brother? Look at some of the words there in the Hebrew. There is... There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
There is means to stand out, to exist. To, to be real, like an entity is there, it's present. A, a real friend, someone that really has true love or affection for. A real friend sticks closer, and, and that word means adhering, cleaving, joining, to stick closer. The root word means to impinge, to, to cling to, to catch by pursuit, to follow closer, hard after. And the word that's used for brother, yes, it means a literal relationship, it can mean much more than that. It can mean a metaphorical affinity relationship or a resemblance. So apply those definitions like we did a moment ago. Uh, apply that to our own friendship, to our own loyalty that we have. In, in other words, are, are we the kind of people that are stand-up people? <laughs> when the word means there, there is. Are we present in people's lives? Do we stand up to where people can recognize us and, and see us and know that we love them and know that we're loyal to them? Do they, do they see us like that? And will we stick with people through good times and hard times, through that, that phrase we hear sometimes, through thick and thin? Or are we the kind of friends that will stick with people no matter what our friends are going through? Will, will we be there for them? Will we, will we stand out as an available friend? Will, will we have true affection for our friends? Will we adhere to their lives, cling to them, join to them, stick close to them? Will we refuse to give up on our friends and when needed, pursue after them? That's what one of the words meant. To pursue or follow close after. That's what... One of the, the definitions when you follow the word on out about sticking closer, it's someone that, yes, sticks close to them, but you will also pursue them. <laughs> if you've got a friend going in the wrong direction, if you have a friend that, that's having a lot of trouble in their lives, even if you have a friend that offends you or has hurt you in some way, are you just going to write them off or are you going to pursue them because you're a loyal friend? Are you going to be the type of friend that will pursue them and stay close to them? Even if it takes some work on your behalf, even if you have to get your hands dirty, even if that takes you to some emotional areas that you don't want to visit, are you going to be the kind of loyal friend that you're going to stay with that person through whatever they're going through? See, that's the kind of friend, especially guys as believers, that I think people expect us to be. To be that kind of friend that will cling Close to them. You know, if you want some additional scriptures to prove that, let me give you some. That way it's not Lynn Parsons' opinion. Amen? I hope you recognize that's why I do this often. You don't need to hear what I think. You need to hear what God thinks. Proverbs seventeen seventeen, A friend loves... When everything's going good and everything's smooth. Is that what the Bible says? A friend loves, the Bible says, at all times. The last time I looked up the word all, it literally means all. At whatever's taking place, whatever they're going through, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. 
So if you want to apply that brotherhood for a minute to Christianity and, and those of us who know Christ as our Savior and we've been birthed into the family of God, which we'll talk more about later on in the message. But if you want to apply that for a moment to Christianity, not just to a literal family, but our spiritual family, that means this. You and I, through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been born as brothers and sisters in Christ for adversity. In other words, part of the purpose that we have in our lives is to go through crap with you. It's to go through the negative things that you're going through in your life. It's to go through the adversity that you have in your life. We're supposed to stay true and loyal to you through the adversity, not write you off because you're having adversity. Not kick you because you're down. Not because you have let me down and you disappointed me. No, we're supposed to be a loyal friend that sticks closer than a brother. And we need to be that kind of friend that is born. And we recognize it up front. I'm born. God made me. He positioned me in a way that I'm supposed to go through the adversity with you. That's the kind of friends that we ought to be. John chapter 13. Verse 34 and 35. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And here's the difficult part. In the same way that I've loved you. That's tough, isn't it? And yet that's what Jesus tells his disciples. In the same way that I've loved you, everyone will know you're my disciples because you have love for each other. Now, that doesn't just apply in friendship. That's beyond that in all types of areas. But, guys, one thing that we ought to be able to do is convince a lost world, by the way, we love each other, that we're authentic. That we're really loyal to each other. Luke chapter 6, and I mainly want you to get the last part, but I won't read verse 37 through 38. But it says, judge not that you be not judged. In other words, you're going around judging your friends all the time. Guess what? That finger you're pointing is pointing back at you, too. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. Now, a lot of people read that verse and only apply it to the monetary gift, but I think it applies to a lot more than that. Look what he says there last, what Jesus said last. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Yes, he is talking about giving. But you know what? We give in friendships. We give in loyalty. So apply that to loyalty just for a minute. If you want loyalty in your life, you have to be loyal to other people. If you want to have loyal friends in your life, you have to learn how to practice loyalty toward others. So in a practical way, this morning as we do the step one of this situation about partnerships and relationships that we'll be in for for four weeks, God willing. In a practical application, flesh and blood, bone, us in relationships with each other, we need to ask ourselves, hey, are, are those people that I think are my friends, are they really, really my friends? Are they really loyal? And we need to ask ourselves, am I really a loyal friend myself? But not just in a practical application, I want us to consider loyalty among friends in a spiritual connection this morning, in a spiritual way, in a spiritual connection. Read our verse again. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
Look at the first part of that verse. A man of many companions may come to ruin. Let's think about the spiritual influence of many companions for a moment. Are the many companions that we have, are we gaining a good spiritual influence or negative spiritual influence from them? It said there, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Guys, it's easy. I've already mentioned Facebook. I'm not anti-Facebook. I try to use it for ministry in the ways that I can. And uh, I have to guard myself sometimes when there's all kinds of political mess like we've been seeing over the last uh, few weeks going on because I kind of want to comment on some of that. And I have to kind of guard myself. But, you know, uh, I've got a lot of friends that have popped on there. And Becky's, uh, her and I share the same account, which, by the way, is I think it's a good practice because that's accountability in your life. And sometimes she'll ask, well, you know, who, who's this person? Because she doesn't know him. I look at it and I think, I don't know. <laughs> and someone that maybe had either visited the church at one time or was part of the Patriot Guard or part of the uh, uh, Blue Knight Motorcycle Club out in another state and things like that. And I, I sit down this week. And because sometimes, guys, people that can become your friends, they'll put some embarrassing stuff out online too. And I sit down and I, I think I lost 200 friends this week. Weren't really friends to start with. Just went through and started trying to decipher that some. See, many companions, we're better off with a few really true loyal friends than we are with so many friends that the relationships can't really be relationships. You can only have a true relationship, a vital relationship with so many people. That's one reason we do our small groups and our home teams and we keep hammering. You need to be part of a home team because on Sunday morning, number one, depending on the service you come to at day three, you can't even see everybody to start with because some are at the early service and they can't see you. But even if you are at the same service, I guarantee you, you cannot have a deep, meaningful relationship, friendship with someone because you bump into them here. That's why we promote things like our, our small groups. Because you see, in, in many friends and relationships, it's hard to connect with them in a vital way and, and have proper relationships with them. It's difficult to have many companions and all of them be true friends, to be real friends and be loyal friends. It, it's difficult to have many companions who are godly and desire the best influence for our lives. It's difficult to find that in our lives. Along with many companions, and here's why what I just said is true. Along with many companions comes a greater possibility for ungodly influence in our lives. Because if you're just throwing yourself out there and, you know, everybody in the world is your friend, guess what's going to happen? Some of those, in your effort to try and be a good friend to them, some of those are going to influence you in the wrong way. Now, let me qualify what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to be friends with lost people. You ought to be a friend with a lost person. But you better hold to what you believe and live the way God tells you to live, and you influence their life and not let them influence your life. And I'm just saying there's a, there's a high potential, a high danger when you just say, I'm going to have all kinds of friends from all kinds of walks in life and feel good about yourself because you've got all kinds of friends. And with that, there's the danger that they're going to impact your life in a negative way spiritually. Instead of trying to be sure that you have really loyal friends. 
You want some warnings for that? You want some more biblical evidence for that? (laughs) Thank you. Proverbs 1, verse 10 through 19. Solomon, inspired of God, is writing from the standpoint of God, I think, to us, even though he's also writing to his own son. And he says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. He's saying, be careful who you throw in with. He's saying, if they say, come with us and let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason, like Sheol or like hell or like the grave, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. In other words, we're going to kill them, we're going to rob them, take all their stuff. We'll find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us and we'll all have one purse. My son, he says, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie and wait for their own blood. In other words, he's saying, they've got the wrong intent. It's going to come back to get them. It's going to come back to haunt them. They lie and wait for their own blood. They sit in ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who's greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of his possessors. He's just given a warning as a loving father to his son. And like I said, I think as Solomon does that, it's like God giving us warnings. God is our father speaking to us. And he's saying, hey, be careful who you throw in your lot with. Be careful who you walk with. Be careful the pathway you take because it might lead you in a direction that you didn't think you'd go. Proverbs 24, verse uh, 1 and 2 says, Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. And and then jump down to verse 9. And I was actually reading that this week in my reading, going along with our small group study that some of us are in making space. But but look at what's said in verse 9. The devising of folly is sin. Now stop and think about that. In other words, it's not just when you go and carry the sin out. If you're sitting around devising, plotting, trying to plan out folly, trying to plan out evil, trying to plan out wickedness in your life, from God's standpoint, you're doing that is also a sin. It's wrong for you to plot and plan in that direction. And the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. Guys, this isn't in my notes, but I felt led to do it in the first service, so I'm going to do it in this service. How many ever had your parents to say, you better be careful who you hang out with? Something similar to that, huh? How many thought when they said it, oh, you're just an old fogey. I'm going to hang out with who I want to hang out with. How many of you, like myself, later on regretted you didn't listen? Because had I listened to my mother when she said that, it would have saved me some problems that I went to in my life. Because I, I've always had a tendency to want to be liked by people. And, and, and everything, I was like that in high school. And sometimes in order to be liked by some people, you had to do some things that they liked that you knew you shouldn't do. And, and it took me in some areas that, that, that still, you know, the devil likes to bring up and bang around here in your head. So guys, just a warning, especially any of you who are, who are youth, who are young people, I want you to understand this. It's not just me being an old fogey or anything like that. You need to be careful who you hang out with. The Bible teaches that. 
You need to be careful who influences your life because the ones that you hang out with can influence your life in more of a negative way spiritually than you've ever dreamed. And you may not figure it out before it takes you down a huge pathway of trouble. We need to be aware of the type of influence we receive from our friends. The flip side of that, turn the coin over once again, is that we also need to be aware of the type of influence we impose upon friends' lives ourselves. Spiritually, considering this topic of loyalty among friends and a spiritual connection, a man of many companions may come to ruin because of their influence. And if you're not careful, you'll be the one causing the ruin in somebody else's life. But let's finish up talking about something that's glared off the page of that verse ever since I read it. Let's talk about the spiritual impact of the friend. Because the Bible says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Quickly, I want you to see the word studies we've already looked at just so I can play off of them here for a minute. God, I, I hope when I get into word studies, you don't turn your mind off. And you need, I, I'm not trying to impress you with what I know from the Greek or the Hebrew or anything like that. If I read it, I'm going to take it and use it somehow. You know, I, I hope you've heard me enough to figure that out. There is. It means to stand out, exist, and entity. A friend to have affection for. That sticks closer. Adheres to, cleaves to. Joins to, sticks closer. Impinges to, clings to, catches by pursuit, follows closer, hard after. There's a friend that sticks closer than, than a brother. The friend that we're talking about as we get ready to finish this message up. The friend that stands out above all others. You see, there is. It means to stand out to exist. The friend that exists. The friend that stands out above all others else. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't care how many friends you think you have or how good you think your friends are. The friend that will never let you down. The friend that will never turn his back on you. The friend that says, I will never leave you and forsake you. The friend is Jesus Christ. He's the one that stands out clearly above all others. There's a friend, the friend that's always existed. The, the, the word meant to exist, to be an entity. Hey, God has always existed. Jesus, God the Son, has always existed. He never had a beginning. He'll never have an end. And that's the kind of friend you have in Jesus. Hey, he's the one that has always existed. He saw you in eternity past and loved you in eternity past. So much so that this friend that we're talking about this morning... He's a true friend. He's a friend that really loves. He's a friend that has an unsurpassed affection and love for us. He's the friend that will always stick close to us. Jesus so impinged himself. That's one of the words that was used there as a definition about being closer, sticks closer. Jesus so impinged himself upon our lives that he went to the cross where our sins and our nails were impinged into his body. That's how much he loved us. That's what Jesus has done for us. And Jesus, thank God, he pursues us 
Thank God he didn't just try and deal with me one time because I didn't listen the first time. Thank God he pursued me. Thank God he chased after me. He followed close after me. That's the kind of friend we have with Jesus. How many of you are glad that he kept chasing you? How many of you are glad that he kept pursuing you? Because if you're like me, you didn't listen the first time. But thank God he's the kind of friend that follows hard after you. That chases you down. Through faith in Jesus... (laughs) He's our brother. The Bible teaches us when we trust in Christ, we become adopted into the family of God. We were singing about that earlier. We are a child of God now because of what Jesus has done for us. Through faith in Jesus, he is our brother and you and I who know Christ as our Savior. We have been birthed into the family of God. Jesus is my brother. That's the friend we're talking about. And if you want to know what that friend has done for us, look at John 15, verse 13 through 17. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. That's the kind of friend we have in Jesus. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, Jesus told his disciples. We might ought to reflect upon that one a little bit. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain or abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name... He may give it to you. These things I command to you so that you will love one another. Think about all that for a minute. Jesus proved his loyalty. Jesus proved his friendship to us beyond any question because he died for my sin and he died for your sin and he died in our place on the cross. He willingly laid down his life for us. Because of what Jesus has done for us, then think about this. If Jesus is such a friend, and he is, that he laid down his life for us, then we in turn ought to be friendly and return to Jesus by obeying him. Look at, look at a quote here from a, a Matthew Henry commentary from years, from years ago. Christ is a friend to all believers that sticks closer than a brother. In other words, that's the kind of friend Jesus is. Now look what Matthew Henry wrote. To him, therefore, in other words, to Jesus, therefore, because he's that friend that's just closer than a brother, to him, therefore, let us show ourselves friendly to Christ. Because he's been such a friend for us. What we need to do is show our friendship to him by serving Jesus and serving others. Jesus called the disciples friends, and he calls us friends still yet today. We're friends of Jesus if you trusted him as Savior. As friends, Jesus made known to the disciples the words of the Father. Thank God Jesus still makes known to us the words of the Father, and we have God's word that we can apply and use in our lives. Because we are his chosen. We didn't choose him. You might think you did. It might be from your perspective that one day you decided to choose Jesus. I've got news for you. God saw you in eternity past, and he chose you before you ever came into this world. You might think you chose him, but he has chosen you. 
And because He has chosen us, we ought to be loyal to Christ and bear fruit, fruit that lasts, fruit that remains, fruit that's eternal fruit. And one method of doing that, oh, there's all kinds of methods, but one method of doing that is for you and I to be loyal to each other. It's for you and I to love each other, for us to be loyal friends. That's one way that we can communicate to Jesus that we love Him and we appreciate Him dying for us and we appreciate Him choosing us. And we're going to show that by being loyal to each other and loving each other. We should love each other and be loyal to each other. We all do all kinds of things to show our loyalty to Christ. But God's just a base, simple, foundational thing. Is that you and I as believers ought to be loyal friends to others. And we ought to be loyal to each other as believers. And we ought to love each other so we can prove to a lost world that, hey, this Jesus thing's real. That, that Christianity is, is real. So this morning, have you done that? <laughs> have you trusted in the friend, in the friend? Have you experienced the spiritual impact of Christ in your life? Are you a loyal person? Do you practice loyalty in the partnerships of life? Today we talked about being loyal as a friend. Next week it'll be loyal in marriage. And particularly today, are you a loyal friend? We all want loyal friends. We've already established that. Hey, we expect that of others. But if we want loyal friends, we have to learn how to be a loyal friend. Are the people in your boat? You might not like investigating this. You might not like how you have to answer it. Are the people in your boat helping paddle? Or are they drilling holes in your life? And sink in your life. Are they really, really friends? Tragically, that statement in the video earlier describes many people who seem to be friends, but in reality, they're fake people. And they're not really friends. How are your friends influencing your life? Flip the coin over once again. How are you influencing your friends in their life? And most importantly today, the most important thing, don't miss this, is the friend. The most, importantly, the most important thing today is this. Have you experienced the spiritual impact of the friend in your life? Have you trusted in what Jesus did for you on the cross? Have you trusted in Christ, the friend who sits closer than a brother? Have you given your life to the friend who had your son stuck on him and your nail stuck in him? Have you trusted in that Savior? And if not, why not today receive the ultimate 